the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you've ever been in a room and you've seen someone die, the moment that spirit leaves that body, you look at that person, it's no longer the person because the spirit of life has left. And James says that the body without the spirit, as the body without the spirit is dead, so is the man who says, I'm a Christian. But his life doesn't back up that fact. Genuine faith leads to genuine deeds. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us tonight. The difficult times we live in begs the question, where is God during our most challenging times? We believe the more the world becomes chaotic, the more we need to draw closer to God and learn to trust in Him. The Bible is our source for all things that sustain us as Christians. Philippians 4.7 tells us that we can have the kind of peace that transcends all understanding, even when the world seems to be completely out of control. Over the next 30 minutes, Pastor Dudley Rutherford is going to share a message meant for everyone listening right now. We know it is no accident you are with us tonight, for God orchestrates all things perfectly. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. I want to speak to you on the subject of God has an app to resuscitate a dying faith. There are three groups of people in this room right now. The first category are those of you who are not saved. Surely in a group this size, there are a few people here who have yet to name Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We have another group of people here who are saved. We have some people here who they reached a point in their life where they decided, you know what, I'm all in. And they stepped across that line and they gave their life and their heart to Jesus Christ. But there's a third group of people in this room, people who have stepped over the line They decided that they want to serve God. They might have walked down the aisle. They might have even been baptized. But after they got in, everything, of course, initially was exciting to them. They they couldn't wait to get to church. They couldn't wait to read their Bible, couldn't wait to pray. But after being in the church for a certain period of time, their heart has grown cold. Their heart has grown callous. Now, they've not turned all the way back, but their faith is in danger. They are, as we would say, dying on the vine. So I want to talk to you today about this subject, how to resuscitate a dying faith. I want you in your notes, number one, let's begin with number one. First of all, make sure you're saved to begin with. We're going to start with that. If you're having a lot of doubts about your salvation, this is not always true, but there is a chance that you were never saved to begin with. Because a lot of people believe and preach that once you're saved, once you've tasted Once you're a part of the kingdom of God, you would never turn back and go back to that old way of life. 
But I do think that we can be involved in our heart turns. I, I think of Judas. Judas was on the inside. He was one of the 12. He saw all the miracles, did he not? And yet they, they trusted him so much, they actually put him in, in charge of the treasury. But the day came where he, Judas, finally, an insider, one who saw the miracles, eventually betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I think of Peter as well. You know, he was one of those guys. He was on the inside. And, and yet at the end of that time of Jesus' life on earth, it was Peter who cursed and denied that he even knew the Lord. So I think it's possible for you to be in and, and have your heart begin to turn back. Now, I've always believed there are two parts of salvation. The first part is grace. That's God's part. God has a part. God's grace. No one can get saved without his grace. Can someone say amen? amen. The second part is faith. That's our part. Now, grace is unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Because God looked down, and honestly, you hadn't even been born yet. He said, I'm going to send Jesus to die on a cross so that when they are born, they can come to heaven one day. So grace is unmerited favor. And who is the grace of God for? Who's it for? Is it you and me? No. He came to die for who? For everybody. I always laugh when people say, well, whatever God wants happens. No, God wants the whole world to be saved. The whole world's not saved. Everything God wants doesn't happen. God created you and I with the ability to choose. You get to choose whether or not you're going to be saved or not. You get to choose whether or not you're going to obey or not. Just like Adam and Eve had a choice, God gives you a choice. So here's the grace. No, now, no one gets saved without it, but you've got the grace of God, and then you've got faith. And here's the deal. Some of us have put our faith in astrology. Some people put their faith in money. Some people put their faith in pleasure. Some people put their faith in drugs or alcohol. When faith reaches God's grace. Here comes God's grace. And you put your faith in the, in the grace of Almighty God, Jesus Christ. When faith and grace meet, that is where salvation occurs. That's when it occurs. So that's number one. Number two, be crystal clear in defining what saving faith is. That's really what James asked in verse 14. He goes, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims, he claims to have faith, look at me, I'm a man of faith, but he has no deeds, can such faith save him? Now for years, for centuries, there's been a theological debate over this question. What saves a man? Is it faith? Is it deeds? Is it faith and deeds? What saves a man? The only place in the entire Bible that you see those two words, faith and alone, the only place in the whole Bible is found in James chapter 2, verse 24. Look at what it says. It says, you see that a person is justified by what he does and not by what? That's the only time the two words are next to each other in the Bible. And I believe that verse 24 is basically answering the question that we began up in verse 14. What good is it, my brothers? If a man claims that he has faith, but he has no deeds, can such faith save him? And the obvious answer is no. If there's no transformation of your heart, if there's no transformation of how you spend your time, then you can call it whatever you want to call it, but it is not saving faith. So let's quickly define what is saving faith. Three things. Number one, faith is personal. I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to agree with you that faith is personal per se, but faith is not private. Once grace and faith connect, let me tell you, it is not secretive from that point on. 
the rest of the world. It will be seen. It will be noticed. It will be heard. It will be evident to everyone in your circle that you've put your faith in Jesus Christ because everything about you will have changed. Faith is active. It's involved. It's got arms. It's got hands. It's got legs. It's got feet to it. Faith is active. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus called those of us on the Sermon on the Mount that we would let our light shine to the entire world, that we would be the salt of the earth. And by the time you get to the end of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, he tells the church, I want you to go into the whole world, to all nations, and make disciples. That's what we've been called to do. And I love Mark chapter 1 verse 17 where Jesus said, hey, you want to follow me? Follow me, follow me. I will turn you into a fisher of men. The proof of faith is what people see. It's It's visible. It should be on display. You see, a great question is this. Do people know you're saved based on what you say to them, or do they know you're saved based on the way you live your life? Do we got too many people that your faith, your Christianity is like a light switch? And some days you're on fire for God, and some days you're not. Oh, I think today I'm going to go to church. Yeah, let's flip the light switch on. Hey, honey, let's get the kids. Let's go to church today. I'm going to go to church today. And then we turn it off. Hey, Friday night, hey, I'm going to go out to the club with my buddies. Hey, hey don't, don't worry. I'll catch up with you later. I'm, me and my buddies, we're going to go to church. Okay. Flip the, flip the light switch on. Hey, I think I'm going to read my Bible. I haven't read my Bible. I'm a Christian, you know. I'm a Christian. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read the Bible. At nighttime, switch it off. You know, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to look at some pornography real quick here. Right before I go to bed, I'm look at some pornography. Next day, something happens bad. We got to pray. We got to call the preacher. We got to pray. We got to get the life. We got to pray. Everybody pray. I'm really hurting here. I got a problem. My mom's hurt. My dad's hurt. Can you please pray for me, please? I'm a Christian. Can you pray? I believe in prayer. And then the light switch goes off later, you know, in the car. Hey, let's listen to some of this radio stuff. I know this stuff is bad and, you know, and everything. But, hey, I'm used to it and I can do it. It's really not that big a deal. It doesn't really bother me that much. It doesn't matter. I can see these movies. I can go to these shows. I can hear. I can listen to these songs. And we flip it on. We say, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to sing some songs. I'm going to praise God today. And then it goes off and we end up, I'm going to curse today because that guy cut me off. I got to cuss him out. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a Sunday morning Christian now. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the freeway and you cut me off. You blank, 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 blank. So Christianity, for many of us, it's just a light switch. It's like some days you're on fire and some days you're not. Listen, that's phony. That's hypocritical. That is not saving faith. You can say, I'm a Christian all day long, but if you spend most of your life not honoring God and serving God and living the way God wants you to live, whatever it is, it's not saving faith. He makes it very clear that once you are connected to Jesus Christ, that everything in your life will reflect his love. No wonder the world is confused on what it means to be a Christian. There's so many of us living like this half the time. Number two, write this down. Faith is imperative. I'll give that to you. It's essential. Can't get saved without it. You cannot be saved without faith. But I want you to know it's not just intellectual. It's not just having a head knowledge. Yes, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. What James tells us in verse 19, you believe that there's one God, good. 
He goes, even the demons believe that, and they shudder. You know the word shudder? It's the only place, the only time in the whole Bible you find that word. And it's a word that means, you can write this down, it means that when your hair stands up on end, it's like a cat that saw something, and the hair rises up. That's what the demon, they believe that there's God. James is being very sarcastic here. He says, well, you say you believe in God? Here, here's a modern translation. James is saying, whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo. Even the demons believe that. And you know that's true? There's a text in Mark chapter 3, verse 11. Jesus was there, and he was healing he was casting out demons, and the Bible says, it says this in Mark 3, verse 11, that when the demon saw Jesus, that the demon fell to his knees and said, you are the Son of God. The demon said that. The demons believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Just believing that, having a head knowledge of that, doesn't get you saved. Imagine if right now in church, that the devil walked in church. Here he come. I think he's going to sit by you. <laughs> and we look at him. What are you doing here? And he goes, I want to join your church. Shepherd? <laughs> yeah. I've heard a lot. Of, I've heard this is the best church in town. I'm joining it. You? I said, well, I've got to ask you some questions first. Okay, ask any question you want. Well, I guess my first question is, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? And he would say, absolutely. I was there at the beginning of time. In fact, when God created the heavens and the earth and created man and placed us here, the Garden of Eden, he goes, I was there. You were? Yeah. Well, do you believe that he was born of a virgin? Because you can't become a Christian unless you believe Jesus was born of a virgin. you believe he was born of a virgin? He goes, yeah, that was my buddy. Uh, he was the archangel who made the announcement, today I bring you good news in the city of David. A Savior has been born to you. He, was, he didn't fall like me. I fell. He was one of the good guys, but he, one of, he lived in my neighborhood and said, I, I know that angel. I was there when Jesus was born. In fact, I saw the star. You guys are all, what's the star? I saw it myself. I saw the star leading the wise men to Bethlehem. Well, do you believe that Jesus died? <laughs> I should say so. I was the one that helped put him up there. I was trying to get rid of him. I don't want anybody to be saved. I was there. I was the one that tricked Judas into betraying him. It was me. I believe he died. Yeah, but do you believe he resurrected? Absolutely. I was there. And we made sure that the Roman seal was set. The large stone was rolled in front of the, 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 the mouth of the tomb. And we were there. It was the happiest day of my life. We were so excited because we thought we'd finally got rid of Jesus. But something happened on that third day, preacher. You know the story. What do I have to tell it to you for? But on that third day, God breathed life into that dead body. And God rolled that stone up. And there was this earthquake. And Jesus Christ walked out of that tomb. He goes, I, he goes, I was there that day. It was the worst day of my life. Well, are you willing to be baptized? <laughs> yeah. Where's the baptistry? Over there. Yeah, I'll be baptized here. I'll be baptized. You can baptize me out the ocean too, and you can even take me to Israel and baptize me at the River Jordan. You can baptize me, but I got no problem being baptized. Well, will you attend church faithfully? 
And he goes, I'll be there every week. Listen, your members, they show up every other week. If I join your church, I'll be there every week. Don't worry about me being in your church, preacher. Well, I got to ask you one more question. What's that? Mr. Satan, you've lived your life running to and fro around this earth, trying to destroy everything that is good and everything that is moral. You have destroyed lives. You have destroyed marriages. You have destroyed children. You have tried to talk people by the millions to run and turn away from God. You've tried to tempt people and and lead people astray. My question to you is, are you willing to repent of your sin? Are you willing to turn your life over and to fully trust instead of fighting God, instead of fighting Jesus Christ? Will you, from this point forward, will you begin to trust him and to follow him and obey him? And that's when he would say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. But I would like to join your church. And James is exactly, that's what he's saying, is that faith is not you having a head knowledge. Yeah, I believe Jesus died, he was buried, he resurrected, but I'm not going to live my life accordingly. I just want you to know I believe all those things. Salvation is not having a head knowledge. Salvation is getting that in your heart and following it. Look at verse 20. He says, you foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? You want proof? James says, you want proof of what I'm saying to you? And then he gives us two illustrations. One is the story of a man named Abraham, and one is the story of Rahab. My whole life, I've been in the church. I've been, I, ra- I was raised in the church. My whole life, I've studied James. I've always wondered, why did God put Abraham and Rahab on there? I want you to write this down. One was a patriarch, and one was a prostitute. Abraham is the father of our faith. Every Jewish man on this planet came from, from the loins of Abraham. Every Arab person on this planet came from Abraham. Every Christian came from Abraham. We were grafted in. He's the father of our faith. He's the patriarch. And in this text, talking about faith and deeds, he uses the illustration of a patriarch, and then he uses the illustration of a prostitute. I've always wondered, why did God use a patriarch and a prostitute? Because I think what James was saying, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a patriarch. It doesn't matter if you're a prostitute. It doesn't matter who you are. If you say that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, your life better back that up. Which brings me to point C. Faith initiates deeds. If not, it is dead. Faith initiates deeds. If not... In other words, you're not saved by your deeds. You're saved by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. But once you've, once you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, the, very, that very, the essence of being a Christian will initiate doing good deeds. If you're not doing good deeds, it means that your faith is dead. And then he uses this illustration, which for my money, this illustration is far greater than Abraham and Rahab. Because he says in verse 26, he says, as the body without the spirit is, is what? is dead so is faith without deeds i've been in the room when a man takes his last breath i'm just staring at him and he's breathing and then he'll take a breath and he won't breathe for 20 seconds and you'll just, you just kind of freak out. You just kind of look at him. 
And you think, is that it? And he'll, after 20 seconds go by, he'll go, <sighs> another 20 seconds go by. <sighs> you know he's getting ready to die. And then he stops breathing. And then his mouth will move. He'll go, and then he's dead. If you've ever been in a room and you've seen someone die, the moment that spirit leaves that body and you look at that person, it's no longer the person because the spirit of life has left. It's just a body of clay and you can just, you can sense, you can sense and see and feel it. And James says that the body without the spirit, as the body without the spirit is dead, so is the man who says, I'm a Christian. But his life doesn't back up that fact. So write this down quickly. Genuine faith leads to genuine deeds. You're not saved by your deeds. You're saved when grace and faith meet. Amen, amen. But once that happens, once that happens, everything about your life changes. My last point as I close, I want you to write this down. I know you're in church, but last point, get jiggy with it. I want you to write that down. I want you to write that down. You got to, everybody say get jiggy with it. Yeah. You see, some of you think get jiggy is a word that comes from uh, Will Smith, a song that he sung, and it's kind of like a dance thing, you know, get jiggy with it. But what you don't know is that that word jiggy comes from the 1930s. And it does kind of mean the same thing. It kind of just means just, you know, just let it all kind of hang out there. Just kind of don't worry. Just, just go. And that's my point as we close. If you have ever put your faith in Jesus Christ, don't worry about being politically correct. Don't worry about offending people around you. Don't worry about trying to let your light hide it under a bushel. Let, you, let your faith, just let it go. If you're going to follow Christ, follow Christ and follow him with all of your heart. People in the first century, if they made that decision, I'm going to follow Christ, they knew that it might cost them their life, but they didn't care about their life. They just knew that Jesus Christ had resurrected. They want to serve. They wanted to follow God. And then they went everywhere. The church just exploded because of the way they lived their lives. They're going to come when they, they've been trying astrology. They've been trying this. They've been trying this. They've been trying this. And one day you show up, and it's not that you've got to preach all the time. It's just that you are so connected to Jesus Christ that everything about your life has changed. And the people where you work, the people where you live, they look at your life and they go, hey, whatever you got, where did you get that? I need that. You say, man, here's a flyer. Come with me this Sunday. But you come and bring your Bible, you will hear the Word of God, and the Word of God will penetrate your heart, and someone will plant that seed, someone's going to water it, and God will grow faith in you like God's grown faith in me. That's how we're going to change the world. If you feel the need right now for someone to pray with, we have phone counselors standing by, ready to take your call. Our number is easy to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Our phone number again is is 888-818-4777.
If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. We know as Christians, our relationship with Jesus is a daily commitment and not just something we do on the weekends. We believe we have the perfect gift today to help you maintain your daily connection to our Lord for the coming year. Romancing Royalty is a daily devotional book designed to draw you closer to King Jesus with 365 inspirational stories, scriptures, prayers, study questions, and even a place to journal. There are more than 100 contributors to this book, including Greg Laurie, the late John Wooden, Raul Rees, and Jim Garlow, just to name a few. Pastor Dudley's top-selling daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, is available right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Romancing Royalty can be yours by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order Romancing Royalty directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know there are many daily devotionals available today, but none come close to the level of insightful contributors to this book. It's our most popular seller this time of year. So we invite you to call and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.